60 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, as we talk sports with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending at least a portion of that time here with us. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here this morning, kind of a slow first hour of the program. We've got a lot to talk about and we will do that, but Dylan Mott's at the bottom of the hour, our only guest scheduled in hour number one. We will take a look back at Iowa State's disappointing loss on Saturday night to K-State. In the 11 o'clock hour, Bama Bob will join us. Trent, Bama, and I will go around college football uh, from a national perspective. What did we see this past weekend? What's set up for this coming weekend, etc.? And look forward to uh, doing that with uh, Bama Bob and Trent at 11 o'clock. Then Mark Morehouse is going to slide on in here. Mark Morehouse from the uh, Cedar Rapids Gazette, about 11.25. And then who's pinch-hitting as we cover the Vikings Monday Nighter? I don't know, must-win game, pretty important game. It is, and uh, John Shipley, our old friend from the Pioneer Press, will be stopping in. Shipley Kid will be by. We'll talk. Is that his right Twitter handle? Because it yeah. looks like it's Paul on Fuzzbass. No, that's him. Is it? Yep, John Shipley. Okay. And uh, he'll be joining us. Him and Mark Morehouse, our guest right before, buddies from college. I didn't know that. Yes, uh, longtime friends. And uh, well, we'll we'll see if maybe one of them can sling an arrow the other way as uh, we'll have those two back-to-back going back in time, uh, back to the 80s as they were starting their sports writing career. Indeed. Well, we find some time at some point in the program to talk about a guy who's finishing his sports media career locally, and I think it's a pretty big story. He's a good guy, and he's a friend of mine, and uh, I worked with him and shared this microphone with him, and we will um, you know, reminisce a little bit about John Miller, who's hanging it up um, on his own terms, which is really, really cool, and good for John for doing that. Um, you know, I was thinking a little bit about it, uh, when when the announcement came out, he's going to join us before the before Christmas at some point. We thought we'd spend a half hour just kind of going back down memory lane uh, as our uh, paths uh, crossed uh, in this building. For um, I mean, John was the took the two o'clock time slot for the very first time. There was no local sports talk in that slot two to four. And of course, now it's such a staple uh, of your sports talk listening day with uh, Murph and Andy. But John was on the air from two until four and one of five guys that were in the room for when the F-bombs went off. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yes. One of five. And you know, it's, it's, it's eerie. And we'll get into sports momentarily. Yes. Yes. But just to think about the five of us. Mm hmm. You know, and what has happened subsequent to that with sure. all of us and the paths that are alive. Of course, Larry Kotler's uh, tragically losing his life um, uh, in a drowning accident. Just crazy. And, you know, just on and on. Anyways, I'm sure you could find five guys and do that for everybody. But that's just, you know, um, any, uh, when I was going back down memory lane with John. Anyways, uh, let's get into Iowa and Iowa State from over the weekend. It's Monday. There's not going to be a lot of room until next Monday for NFL stuff. We got a lot of basketball to talk about uh, is both Iowa and Iowa. State played over the weekend, both beaten in their final games in the respective tournaments, both beaten by, I think, pretty good teams. Yeah. 
Uh, the Seton Hall team certainly has my attention. They'll have Iowa we'll State's see attention in another, <laughs> what, less than a week, which is just crazy how that works out. But uh, uh, we got to start football, and Dylan Montz is coming on at uh, 10.30. So why don't we do Iowa State for a few minutes, then get into Iowa before we get back into Iowa State with Dylan. Um, I just don't want to do a big you know, thirty minute block or whatever, sure. twenty five minute block on all Iowa State. But let's let's start there and it, look at trend. Seven and five most years for Iowa State is uh, you're doing cartwheels for this, but it, it's a different it's different over there. And you know, I I um I understand why Cyclone Nation. Not all of them. Some of them are, are happy with seven and five. Some of them remember what it was like not too many years ago that you would you know cut off your right and probably your left one uh to be seven and five but this was a this was a disappointing seven and five from so many i think for so many people and i certainly see uh their side of things for the first time all year uh they were outplayed badly in a football game i thought yeah it it was a domination up front and that's something that we're just not used to seeing out of this Iowa State team. You know, the way the offensive line really came together as the season went on, that group of four seniors and how good they have mm-hmm. been. And they were manhandled up front. Mm-hmm. And they, as good as Brees Hall can be, and Brock Purdy and everybody else in the skill positions, up front is where it starts. And that wasn't the case. Kansas State was the more physical team. It was really that way from the get-go. They went out there and they out-physicaled Iowa State. You know, when you talk about this season in the 7-5, and five, We've talked a lot about this year and Iowa as it's progressed and about it's not the 9-3 and three, I think that's disappointing for a lot of people. It's the opportunity that's been there and really the opportunity that's been there the last couple of years. And I think that maybe is a similar thought process to Iowa State fans. Alone seven and five with the history of this football program. Well, and when they see compound, when they see Baylor's playing for a championship. That's a big piece of it. Right. The, the opportunity was there. Texas was not what many people thought it was uh-huh. going to be. There was an opportunity to be opposite Oklahoma playing in the Big 12 title game this weekend, and you weren't able to break through. And that's, I think, where the frustration goes. I I think both fan bases look at it, and yes, a season of 9-3, a season of 7-5, for historical reasons, those are both really good reasons. Mm -hmm. But it's not just, it's not in a vacuum. It's not just one season. We all have memories of past seasons. I don't think anybody listening right now, this is their first time ever listening to Sports Talk Radio, their first time following Iowa and Iowa State. They've been fans for a number of years, and because of that, it all encompasses together, and that's where the frustration should lie for Cyclone fans, because it was right there. Yeah, This team was good enough to be playing in Big D this weekend and having another shot against Oklahoma. No doubt it. You have a quarterback, you have a running back, you had a stacked receiver room, you had as good a defense as you've put on the field. The secondary was going to be, yeah, I guess the going into the season, that was going to be the biggest question, but some guys emerged. I mean, Tavon Kyle looks like he could be any yeah. kind of player. He is going to be really, really good. And um yeah, I, I agree with you, Trent. It was going to be, we, we heard the word historical yes. tossed around a lot prior to the season. And I didn't think it was, um, I didn't think it was outlandish. I, I could see where, when people were saying that, I got the argument that they were making. And for them to finish seven and five and, you know, this, Trent, find somebody who's not putting, the clones back in Memphis for crying out loud in the Liberty Bowl. You're that still looking a, at those things, huh? Yeah, I love this time. The bowl projections. And I'll watch tomorrow night's, or will I? Because what time's the Syracuse game? Six o'clock. Well, then I won't see much of it. (laughs) Um, Syracuse, I went on the hardwood tomorrow at at six o'clock. But yeah, I am. And, you know, most, there was a, there's some of them. You know, we talked last week. Wow, what about an state of Iowa, Orlando takeover Mm -hmm. with Iowa and Iowa State both playing in different bowls there? 
Is Tennessee maybe on the table? Oh, yeah, because the Music City, there's been continued talk about... If it's not the holiday, Mm -hmm. and that is still, I think, the most likely destination, is Music City right behind it? There's talk out there, and we'll talk more about this with Mark Morehouse coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, but there's a lot of conversation about the possibility... The Gator Bowl has the selection. They have the Gator Bowl and the Music City Bowl have a six-year deal with the Big Ten. Three of the years, the Gator Bowl gets a team. Three of the years, the Music City Bowl gets. Well, the Music City Bowl's already used their three, so automatically it'd be the Gator for this final year of the contract. And that's January 2nd? Yes. But there's negotiations that still can happen. There are still negotiations, and the Gator Bowl might look at it and say, boy, we had Iowa five years ago, and they didn't travel. They didn't want to be there. We didn't get people to show up. We've had some of these other schools there, and it hasn't been good. We want to get Michigan coming in off a loss to Ohio State, and how are they going to travel? Off a loss. They got crushed by Ohio State. Or we can trade and take an ACC team and the possibility of somebody a closer Uh and somebody that will travel, somebody that is excited to get to that bowl game in a drivable destination, coupled with a drivable destination for Iowa fans. We've seen this before. When you have those road trips that are drivable distances, it makes a huge difference. It's monstrous. You know what else makes a big difference? A, a, it's not a New Year's Six, the Gator. It's January second. Mm-hmm. You know, it's school. Is school back on? It is. I mean, yeah, sure, school's back, right? Yep, absolutely. We're off Wednesday for the for for New Year's Day, and everybody goes back to work on the second. Mm-hmm. I just. It's going to be tough. Anyways, we'll find out more this time next week. We will know exactly where both Iowa and Iowa State are going to be playing in their post postseason. But you know, as, as far as Iowa State goes, uh, a season what could have been a lot of close losses. I get that, but if you're going to say if you're going to tell me that, then does Texas get to claim that too? Because you beat them on a last second field goal. Well, how about you and I? And game you and I, one of the likewise season. with the overtimes, right? That you you can't you just can't play have that it both game. ways, right. right? You can't say. Every single yep. close game was going to go your way because you can play that same game and the United game game goes another direction, the mm-hmm. Kansas game goes another direction, and you're five and seven. Right. So if you want to play that game, remember it's not one sided. There are two sides to the coin here yeah. when you're talking about close losses and close wins, and they had a couple of them. No doubt. This season. No doubt. All right. Iowa, on the other hand, they just um, the, the, you know what would just jumped off my television set. Um, the disparity of talent. I mean, the the difference between Nebraska talent and Iowa talent. Trent, it's it, it's huge. To, uh, just, I mean, I didn't think that we're talking about Nebraska. Yes, getting pushed around in the trenches, right mm-hmm. on both sides of the football. We're talking about Nebraska football getting pushed around by physically manned and that's been the case since they've come into this conference. This isn't anything new this year. This is Iowa manhandling the Huskers yet again. Um, and, and Smith Marset's touchdown for the, that's the second time this has happened in Nebraska this year. <laughs> yeah. And they don't this month, not even not let alone this year. You go back to the Wisconsin game. They get a big touchdown, boom, kickoff return. They get a big touchdown in the on the game on uh, Friday. Boom. Amir Smith-Marset to the house. Is he making a case, by the way, as the most valuable player on this football team? Oh, boy. I, I don't know. Who is? A.J. Epinesa. Well, he certainly was Friday. He is. He is throughout the whole season. I mean, the way that teams had to game plan uh-huh. and scheme and do so many different things in order to to keep him Christian out of the game. Welsh but they just did. had a pretty good year, yes, too. Yes, he did. And, and what he a played difference, only nine of them, right? Right. What a difference he might have made. Those, those numbers that he put up. But smith said very quietly, yes. is making that K. I mean, he leads the team in receptions. 
or does he? Maybe Regania has a couple more. Anyways, he's near the top. I think receiving yards for sure. But um, he's had a really nice year, uh, is my point. And Iowa caps it up by 9-3. and three. Just The game was close in the end. I get that. And how about the fact that Ference is willing to roll the dice late in that football game with a senior quarterback? And he pointed that out in the press conference when he was asked, you know, what's the difference? Go back a decade. Go back to uh, the shoe in 2009. Mm -hmm. And you sat on the ball and you played for overtime with a Rose Bowl on the line. Um but this was a different case this year, and he rolled the dice and look at the uh, look at the difference. A huge difference, no doubt, and a difference certainly going forward with this program and and the aggressiveness and the changing of Kirk Ferentz, and that leads to still a question mark going into this off season about what needs to change to get over the hump, what needs to change to run down Wisconsin. They have now clearly solidified themselves as the top program in the West, and it's been that way. There's been blips, mm-hmm. and it looked like maybe this year was going to be, certainly back in July, we thought it was going to be another one of those years. Yeah, they took it to uh, Minnesota pretty good. They, they did. They yeah. physically manhandled mm-hmm. that game, and they showed why they're Wisconsin, mm-hmm. why they're the power team. And Iowa, I mean, the argument is they're the second team in the West over yeah. this last five, six years. Mm-hmm. They have put it together the most consistently, certainly, mm-hmm. during this time period, but they can't beat the Badgers. right? And in order to do that, what needs to change? What needs to change for Iowa to go from really good, solid years, year in and year out, you know Iowa's going to be solid, to take that next step? I think it goes to the running game again. Watching Utah, me and my buddies on our text thread on, on Saturday night, why can't they do that? Mm-hmm. You know, they have an offensive line coach at Tim Polisek, who came from North Dakota State, as you're watching Chris Kleiman and what they're doing at mm-hmm. Kansas State. The power spread. Can that work at Iowa with a... With the right personnel, I guess. Can you do it with... A quarterback like Nate Stanley. I was going to say, is your quarterback Nate Stanley, or is there a similar quarterback style-wise to Nate Stanley? Because the guy, guy that won the backup job this year, Spencer Petrus, is mm-hmm. Nate Stanley-like. He's not flight of foot. Are you, are you good with him next year? And the reason I ask this is you, one of your favorite quarterbacks just entered the transfer portal, and I'm not sure an SEC quarterback is. Jake Bentley's in the transfer portal. Oh, really? He's got one year left as a grad transfer. <laughs> I'm the, just the bloom is off the rose of I love a Jake Bentley. That was what two years ago. I was in love with that you dude. You did like the dude, and uh, well, injury, well. injuries are played. Yes, anyways, no doubt. Um, you know, we got a lot of time to talk about yes, next do. year, and probably should uh, table that for now. But um, of course, the the best moment though was at the end of the game, and Keith Duncan the kiss lining up, iced, yeah. iced again, yeah. and then just they absolutely. None of that thing yeah. through. Because the kick from 49 made it, mm-hmm. but didn't have a lot of room to spare. Yep. The kick from 48 was absolutely hit flush. He pounded that Ab- thing home. No question. He was confident. Yep. He was out there. He's the guy that you want. This is the game this on was the good from the mid-50s. What a year he has had. Yes. What a year he's had. Remember the knock on him two years ago? Eh, he's accurate, but boy, when did you get past 35, 36 yards? Yeah. Can't trust him. Didn't have a strong. What did he do? He worked. Yes. He and he was sat put out. on scholarship. How about that following the game? Yeah. Uh, Jack Kerner, who played a terrific football game. He was game excellent. In his own right. Yes. And, and Shooter, three scholarships handed out after the football game um, by Coach Ferentz. And good for him and good for him for doing it that way in front of all the team after, you know, a, a celebration, a trophy game, one of your rivals, maybe your biggest rival. Um, 
for doing it that way, and all three of them clearly deserve it. A lot of it's like, what the hell are you waiting for? I can't believe that kid didn't have a scholarship after what he's done for this university. But that wrong has been righted in all three counts, and going forward, they'll no longer have to pay for their education. Good for them. And it's even better for Keith Duncan, a guy that comes from North Carolina. You know, His path even getting to Iowa is an interesting one. I mean... Why do you walk out in North Carolina or NC State or you know something like that and you're paying in-state tuition? He's paying out-of-state tuition. Then he hits the big hit to win Michigan mm-hmm. his freshman year yep. and then sits. Yep. Miguel Racino's beat him up for two straight years. It would have been very easy for that guy to say, you know what, I'm going to go closer to home. And Racino's, let's not, I mean, let's was, be honest. He was very good. I was going to say. Yes. Yeah. Would have been easy. Just, yeah. all right. Stock it out. Not going to work here. And then you get scholarship. He'll have a scholarship for next year. He'll get it for the spring semester mm-hmm. this year, which is great so to see. So three semesters. Awesome, yeah. awesome story. And then you mentioned the kiss. <laughs> Blowing kisses. Yeah, to Frost the... didn't like it. He didn't like it. Uh-uh. What, what did you think of Frost's reaction? I, I thought it was, you know who I heard? I heard Steve Alford. I heard Steve Alford. Because, uh, and, and again, I, I didn't mind the Alfred era. He was good to us, and that's kind of how okay. I judge it a little bit. Um, he was good to you, not not me. Right? Don't right. don't say us as me because I mean, me and Steve had our guy, own issues. The guy I used to work with, yes. Um, but I hated the fact that he was very. He, he was. He would never look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always somebody. It was else's always fault. somebody else's fault. Yes, and, and look, Steve Alford was a hell of a player, mm-hmm. right? no doubt. And it was very difficult to live up to Steve Alford, the player. When Steve Alford's comparing, you know, whoever to him, I and I don't know if that's what he was doing, but you I hear that see, a lot for great players. Absolutely. How difficult it is to be a coach yes. because you have those expectations for everybody else. Look at Elway, the quarterback. No doubt. Look at Michael Jordan. I mean, he, yes, but another perfect example. There are so many of these guys that people are not wired like many of these greats. Right. But I. But to your to your question, that's who I heard when Frost was doing it. Uh, I look at. <sighs> I get he's one of theirs, mm-hmm. but when you stack up the numbers in comparison to some of the other... Trent, this team won five football games this year. They won four the year before. And yet, I don't know, wouldn't, the more, wouldn't more of the fan base be up in arms over this if it was any place other than Nebraska? Where, Where's the hope? There is none because I mean, Trent, the, 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 we're not going backwards. It's 2020 next year. Mm-hmm. There's Wisconsin. There's Iowa. Look what Fleck is doing in Minnesota. I'm buying all the stock I can this off season on the Boilers because they had one injury after another, and this they were going there. Everybody, everybody, including a couple of unbelievable talents at the receiver position. So, I mean. I don't know. Can can you hope to be seven and five, eight and four in a couple of years? You, you know, you mentioned the talent thing too, and this is Nebraska that still has recruited at a high level. You know, the the last four years, the recruiting ranking twenty six, twenty third, uh, two thousand eighteen, twenty third again. Last season, the recruiting class that Frost brought in was nineteenth in the country, eighteenth in the country. Mm-hmm. There's talent there. there there's at but least guys not being that, developed. Give me a skill guy in Nebraska that would start at Iowa. Spielman? Eh, who are you going to take off the field? And that's the other question. Right? Yeah. Oliver Martin can't see the field. And he's not going to see the field. No, no. There's still four guys in front of mm-hmm. him that are blocking his yes. path to seeing the playing field. It's Ooh, You can't name one. Can't no, name Mills no. is a nice player, I he's guess. He's a nice player, but Goodson's better. I think so. I think so by a mile. So you're just hoping that Scott Frost, because he played there and he knew... 
And that's the other part that just, it continually, I think it drives He was almost, a link to the past. Yes. Trent. That's what he was. And college football. And by football, the way, sound off, did you see that thing yesterday? I didn't know. I know. I, I, it's, you have to watch it. Okay. It's so well done. Credit where credit's due. Boy, they, they're good over there. It's, they'll look back to what it was, and not just the 90s, but, I mean, the people that are even older that, that know the 70s mm-hmm. and the 80s. And look, then it, it was, look, if, if you're a Nebraska fan, I can tell why you're spoiled. Yes. But it's changed. College football is so different. Look at the way that they did it. Prop 48's not a thing anymore. No. Prop 48, you can't get those Mm-mm. guys in anymore at, at the level. And you certainly can't do it in the Big Ten the way that you could in the Big Eight back in those days. Dozens of walk-ons. Dozens of walk-ons. Every big farm some kid great from Nebraska. stories came out of it, yes. let's be honest. But they're all going to go there. Uh-huh. And you know what? And you can put 125 guys on scholarship back in the 70s and 80s. Obviously not the case anymore. Those advantages that they had. Another thing is you knew they were going to be on national TV. Mm-hmm. And you knew that Oklahoma game at the end of that the year. That was a huge edge, That was Trent. going to be on ABC. That's a great point. And that was going to be there. And you knew. Point. So you go into California. You want to be on TV? Mom and Dad, mm-hmm. you know what? You're not going to be able to see your son every single weekend, but you know you're going to see this team on national television because they're Nebraska. Because that's what we are here. You don't have that carrot anymore. Because every game's on. You can go to Conference USA and you can watch every game. You can have Hassel call them out in West games. I mean, you're going to see every single game. So that's no longer there. And the way the power structure is in college football has changed so much as well. What's in the South? The evolution of population. With the exception of Ohio State. Yes, who's an SEC team (laughs) that just happens to be located in Columbus. Mm. They're at a different level. That's what it is. So if the expectations change... They don't, though. That's the sad part. If it is... Hell, if they have a run like Iowa's had over the last four years, they should be singing his praises. Mm-hmm. A Big Ten championship game appearance, a nine-win mm-hmm. season, a couple of eight wins. That's Trent, great. They are miles away from a Big Ten ch- uh, championship game. Look, they have a quarterback, a legitimate quarterback battle this offseason. Think about that. Yeah. Adrian Martinez is about to maybe get passed over. A guy that, I mean, his freshman year yes. looked like he was on his way. This was hand-picked. Mm-hmm. This was the guy they said... Hey, look they, at our, said, they told Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow, you know what, we're yeah, good. Look at our quarterback room. Right. We don't need you, Joe Burrow. Right. And now, and, and by the way, how about the back of his jersey when oh, they're out on so the field? Good. That was so good. Boy, oh boy. Talk about fits, right? Just perfect fit. Joe Brady, his quarterback coach. You, here's a name to watch this offseason. This is the guy that came from the Saints, mm-hmm. took over at LSU, and built Joe Burrow. But uh, Nebraska didn't need him. We need Dylan Monster. We'll get him in here momentarily. We'll uh, take a look back and take a look ahead. Do you not spend any time trying to figure out where the postseason's going no, to it's, be? No, there are so many different angles yeah. that this is going to go. As I, I tell you throughout the year, you know, you know, they're going to Bullex. Mm-hmm. No, I think Bullex is on the table. Now I think we can zero in a little bit. You think so? Well, because I, Iowa could end up in the Citrus, yeah, but they I, could end up in the Gator, yeah. they could end up in the Music City, yeah. they can end up in the Holiday, they can end up in the Red Box. That's five I bowls. I think it would be an upset if they're not in San Diego. How about this? They're not going to the Rose Bowl. Nope. They're not going to the Outback Bowl. Correct. They're not going to Detroit. Correct. The other ones, all on the table. They're in play. What about Iowa State? Because you scratch off the camping world. They're not going to the Sugar Bowl. Not going to the Sugar. Not going to the Alamo. So then it is... It's Everything the else Liberty still, Bowl or the Cheese it or the Texas, I think. I would say Texas would be the one that I think makes the most sense, but it is so different, the politicking that used to be involved. And remember back in the day, what, end of October, there'd be teams accepting bowl bids? 
Mm-hmm. Have a couple of losses in there. Hey, guess what? We're going to the Holiday Bowl. Mm-hmm. We're going to the Citrus Bowl. No, that's, that's crazy that it was done that way. This, right. is, this is the way to do it. I think it'll be a big disappointment for our uh, Cyclone fans back to Memphis. Yeah. Drivable. And now the opponent will make a difference. If they get a, if you get an SEC team in there, mm-hmm. and it sounds like you know maybe Tennessee's in the driver's seat or Kentucky. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. It's but if good. it's SMU or somebody yeah, else from no, the American, we're going to try to Memphis for that. Yeah. We were just there two years I ago. Just, Let's save our money it. for Kansas City. That's just it. I mean, it was cold and it was, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, uh, Dylan Moss will join the program next. We'll take a look. But what went wrong? Uh, what went right on the season? What went wrong? Certainly on Saturday night. Now they've got a, is it UMKC they play this week before yes. they ratchet things up a little bit? Uh, before Seton on, Hall. Before, Seton Hall's the next game on the schedule. Yeah. And a week from Thursday is Cyhawk, right? Yes, indeed it is. Ah, uh, boy, oh boy. It's, uh, it's about to get going. Heck, the, the Hawks got a big 10th game on, sa- on Friday night. Friday night at Michigan. 5.30. That one looks a little more difficult than it did before the season, How about huh? Juwan Howard, what he's doing with that team? And doing Ooh. his dance and having fun. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Uh, that was good. Uh, but both of them. It was good, it was good to, um, you know, but they're both participating in holiday tournaments. Mm-hmm. Good to see them both. Both lost their last game, but some storylines clearly uh, emerged, I thought. Uh, Frederick was a storyline. No doubt. Sure. Um, Hal Burton has yeah, taken his game Jesus. to the next level. You know, it was an offseason conversation I know we had. Halliburton was so efficient last year, mm-hmm. but he never took over. Can he be that guy? Oh, he, well, he be has guy. been that guy. <laughs> Bolton came out of Bolton looked like the guy that yep. they were getting from Penn State. Shooting the ball well. He certainly was. Nixon was good. Yeah. Um, but that Seton Hall team. Trent, they go 7 how big is Gill? 7'1 seven, or 7'7 seven, seven something? 6'11 with uh, number 23. It ends with Vili, Marmukish Vili, and I'm butchering his name. That guy was outstanding. Oh, he was the best player on the floor. Well, yeah. Powell was pretty good, too. Miles Powell's a stud. Yeah, Powell's pretty good. But that front line, I mean, they, they got six dudes they threw out there that are 6'9 or better. Yeah. 6'10, 6'11, and 7'2. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see these holiday tournaments because you kind of, at least I do, get caught up in the, you know, the Big Ten, the Big 12, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, but to see a Dayton. Yeah, damn good they are. Or to watch the Seton Hall team to kind of get a little feel for them because don't blink. I think football goes fast. So does basketball. We'll take a timeout. Dylan Montz will join the program next as we take you up until noon. Miller and Condon talking sports with you, and thank you for being with us. It's Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen six and more. Your home for Iowa State women's basketball is right here. This is head coach Bill Fenley on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, taking up until noon in the 11 o'clock hour. Busy. Uh, Bama Trent and I will go around college football from a national perspective. Mark Morehouse from the Cedar Rapids Gazette on Iowa and Nebraska uh, and looking ahead. Uh, and then uh, John Shipley? John Shipley. John Shipley yes. from the St. Paul Pioneer Press uh, will opine on tonight's big spot with the Packers winning yesterday Vikings in Seattle I think Seattle can take the one seed if they win tonight can they not I believe they can yeah yeah they would be because of tiebreakers Absolutely. right they've got San Francisco so far so a lot on the line to this one of course the Vikings need it to uh to hold their place uh with the Packers uh Dylan Motz is a Bears fan <laughs> 
Don't know why I brought that up. Hanging around, nothing. hanging around. We yeah, got Thursday you're still night alive, right? Yeah, Dallas, uh, Dallas and the Bears on Thursday. Dylan joins us. Dylan, Trent, and Ken, they do. How are you? Uh, doing well, guys, and uh, I'm not holding much hope out for Thursday, but uh, I'll watch like I always do. You're still alive. That's the main thing is the calendar turns into December. Uh, so let's, uh, I guess, you know, dot I's and cross T's on the 12-game regular season. Uh, I guess we we need to start with what happened in Manhattan on Saturday night. It's it's just one of these things, Dylan. I mean, we, we, we've seen the numbers. We know the record over the last decade or better than that. Just what K-State seemingly just has, Iowa State number this past weekend was was no different and let's be honest it uh the way the game started it kind of went downhill from there huh yeah it was uh kind of uh, vintage kansas state uh, all over the place uh, they were able to run the ball really effectively um they were pretty solid on defense and got some good pass rush which i think is probably the biggest thing that um was maybe concerning coming out of the game and was evident all the way through is as how much kansas state controlled the line of scrimmage which given some of the strides that Iowa State took on the offensive line and, and some of the, the weapons that they have on the defensive line, seeing them struggle as much um, in the final game of the regular season was probably concerning and disappointing for people. But, um, you know, a few a few bright spots, I guess. Uh, you know, Will McDonald oh, it was great. Showed, showed up yep. again, Sean Shaw. But overall, just uh, not the way you want to go out in, in the regular season finale. You know, uh, this season ends at 7-5. We'll see the bowl destination. We'll find that out on Sunday. But a lot of what-ifs still percolating around, all the close losses there. How would you characterize this season? Where would you put this season as a whole? Yeah, this it's tough. Uh, you know, I said uh, six and six, given the roster, would be disappointing. Seven and five, um, you know, I think it's it's probably fair for people to to be a little bit um, disappointed. But I, I think a lot of it is too putting it into the context. It's still another bowl game. Um, they're back in back in the postseason, but um, you know, I think uh, overall it is going to be kind of that missed opportunity, what mm-hmm. if type of year. When you talk about the close losses, uh, you know the, the Kansas State loss on Saturday um, it, by ten points was the most they'd lost by all year. Obviously, with you know Oklahoma State being by seven, and then the one and two point losses that they'd had previously. So, uh, yeah, I think um, you know the the postseason is great. People are, are you know going to go to whatever bowl destination there is, but. Um, yeah, I think especially with uh, the, the way that game ended, a little bit of a sour taste, given you know what it preceded with um, you know all the close losses. You know the third down, uh, third down. I think the Iowa State was one for thirteen on third down, which is obviously is a glaring statistic. And when you get that, uh, when you, when you have those kind of numbers, it's probably not going to go your way in the football game. Uh, Dylan Sainer, I guess that too, that was one of the takeaways. Other, I mean, the disappointing p- performance aside, Purdy. I don't think had his best game. They took Kohler completely out of the football game, save for one catch, catch late in it. But Dylan Sainer, boy, that was a nasty one. And uh, I mean, clearly this guy's going to be, if he hasn't already undergone his surgery, that's going to be taking place. I would think any, well, I mean, maybe any day now, any hour now, if it already hasn't happened. But uh, that was the big one, the, the Sainer injury. Guys had a, you know, he's never going to be counted on to catch three or four balls a year, but he does a lot of little things, and he's had his moments catching the football, let's be honest. Yeah, other than Jaquan Bailey, which is obviously a big one, they'd really been able to kind of avoid those types of injuries that really take the guy out of it. So, and with the way he had been able to kind of show up at times, it, it is too bad for him. And, uh, you know, Matt Campbell said after the game, obviously the, the rest of the season is, is done for him and that, 
Um, he'd have surgery and it'd be at about an eight to 10 week, uh, type of, of, um, process now for him. So, um, I, that would put him back probably right around spring ball, but, um, it, too bad for him because he had been kind of not only a good weapon on his own, but then when you couple him with Chase Allen and Charlie Kohler in that 13 personnel, um, I, I think that at times this year was able to do some really interesting things. So, um, yeah, I hope the best for him, but, uh, too bad for, for him to end the year that way. One of 13 on third downs, coupled with the wind that was there. He just couldn't get anything going offensively. You were there, Dylan. Tell us, the wind, obviously, on television, you could tell it was bad. How bad was it from your vantage point? Yeah, I, I didn't really get to get a good scope of it until I actually walked down onto the field to, to go across to the, the post-game press conference, and that that it was whipping uh, through the stadium. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think the 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 plan would have been probably to to have the short passes be really involved but then that kind of comes back to the Deshante Jones stuff he he wasn't himself um was only used sparingly a few different points so they had to really rely on the ground game but with the way Kansas State was controlling the line of scrimmage um you know really tough for them to get anything going but uh yeah I mean they they downplayed the win um uh, after the game of course but um you know both teams had to play in it too but it does feed a little bit more into what Kansas State does and and really wanting to run the balls what you know Skylar Thompson was was he five for 12 yeah that's all he was yep yeah, so they, that's that's all they were able to do really is, is run the ball. But um, yeah, it, it was definitely noticeable and, and chilly there. Yeah, they had success running the football, no doubt about it. You know, there's a couple of guys. You mentioned Will McDonald. He's been really good the last couple of games. So let me start with him. And then I want to get to another guy. Seemingly every week, one of these uh, guys that's got some eligibility left, underclassmen, uh, jump up and uh, get my attention. I mean, uh, Tavon Kyle's been a guy we've talked a lot about. Shaw we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. Tucker Robertson's that guy I want to get to in a minute with you. But Will McDonald uh, is one of those guys that his light seems to have gone on. The expectations were there in the offseason. The wait till you see number nine. This guy's a different player. Then he kind of bounced around between as he tried to find his position. Seem he's found his position. They need to keep him right where he's at because they've got something there. Yeah, his athleticism is just apparent with the way he's able to beat the, the offensive tackles. And, um, you know, I think the, the scary thing is if he does put on some weight, I think he could be a, a force there if he's mm-hmm. able to keep some of that athleticism. But was he five sacks the last uh, few weeks uh, really is starting to show up and, and speed up the game speed, a little bit. And yeah. I think that's what you want from a pass rusher is just to make, even if you don't get to the quarterback, just have them make quick decisions. And he's certainly... Uh, doing that right now so uh, bodes well for the future when you couple him with Shaw you have one of those guys uh, on either side of the ball no doubt about it well we we've talked about like I mentioned we've talked about Kyle we've talked about Shaw Zach Peterson's been that underclassman that's caught our eye uh, Tucker Robertson what's his story I mean he's obviously got a big chance ahead of him because Jamal Johnson's going to graduate um I, th- I thought he made some plays in this football game and, and and maybe it's just a product of you know for whatever reason kind of getting caught up in the shuffle with the numbers in front of him but he's starting to take advantage of some opportunities as well yeah i've noticed him a few different times uh, throughout the year and uh, he's he's kind of interesting because i think he started his career uh playing in the interior line and he got flexed out to the to the end and has been playing with that second group a little bit with jamal johnson with matt leo on the other side um you know it was moved up obviously when jaquan bailey went out Zach peterson got split up um to a starting role so um, yeah, he's a big kid, really can kind of set the edge well, um, and and another young guy that they can rely on once they um, graduate some of these other guys. Um, 
you know, they're, they're going to need to kind of replenish that depth a little bit. And yeah, I think um, him playing this late in the year and, and showing up a few different times and, and, and helping contain some of um, the, the, the run or whatever it else is, um, you know, I, th- I think is also encouraging kind of when you go along with Will McDonald, some of the youth that they're going to have at that position. So defensively, we saw Kansas State. We talked about how physical they were. You know, the umbrella defense, it came onto the scene. I mean, the Patriots were out there asking him, boy, how do you slow down these spread offenses? Let's go to Ames, Iowa. And that's where we're going to figure it out. What tweaks do you think there needs to be made in the offseason here? Because teams have not completely figured it out, but it seems like the Big 12 teams are starting to at least find some different holes that they can exploit. Yeah, I think the biggest there's two two things I think. The one of the biggest things is finding a way to contain the a mobile quarterback and you know Skylar Thompson wasn't able to run, you know, totally free, but he was able to make enough plays on you know, when you get into long down and distances sometimes they're they're susceptible just because you're gonna go with that cloud umbrella coverage. Um and then the other thing is um, you know, the, a lot of teams are able to kind of attack the heart of, of the defense with the short passes. Um, just dump it right over the top of the line and linebackers, and that puts it underneath the safeties and cornerbacks, and there's a lot of space to operate. So it's, um, you know, they, they've done a good job taking away uh, deep passes. They've done um, an okay job, you know, at the at the point of attack at times, but it's just kind of some of the spaces that that leaves open in the middle that, that teams have started to uh, find a little bit more regularly. So it's it's making small tweaks of that and, you know, maybe you bring up a couple safeties, maybe a, drop the linebackers a little bit more, and don't have them as involved as involved um, in run stoppage. But um, yeah, I think as good as it's been um, the last couple of years, and as as innovative as it was, there do have to be a few tweaks probably. And I think those are two of the bigger points that you start with. Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune is our guest. Dylan, has there been any talk at all about Greg Eisworth maybe having his surgery prior to the bowl game? I have no idea what he faces after the surgery. I do know that he's played most of the year with one arm uh, just because of the fact that that shoulder's been so damaged and, you know, he's missed he's missed some time and, and you get him out there and he's clearly trying, you know, but he's, but he's nowhere near 100%. Any chance that, uh, that he has his, his uh, off-season surgery prior to the bowl game um, in an effort to be, you know, back 100% uh, at some point earlier uh, in 2020? Yeah, it's a good question, and we actually talked to him uh, on Saturday after the game, and we didn't get into kind of um, his injury stuff, but uh, maybe it depends on, on the matchup. Maybe it depends on where they go to the bowl game because that is such uh, – it can be such a long recovery process, especially when you're talking about shoulders and the kind of rehab that you'd have to do. Um, you know, being around him a little bit, it, it, I, I know he'll, he'll want to be out there, but if it does – if the timetable says, you know, you're going to – you know play the bowl game, but then you're going to miss all of spring ball. How do you weigh that? It's going to be interesting to see, but um, I, I, it's possible. Um, I haven't heard anything definitive, but um, in the next couple of weeks and maybe after the bowl selection, we'll kind of maybe get a better gauge on, on what they're thinking with him. But yeah, he, he has played pretty much the entire year um, with a bum shoulder. Dylan, with the end of the regular season, of course, the silly season is here, and that means coaching changes all over the place. Transfer portal. That's going to be a big piece, too, but Always Matt Campbell's name uh, going to be in consideration, it feels like, for a lot of the different jobs that are out there. As a program, it's something that you have to learn to deal with, adapt with, but anything at all that you're hearing, anything you expect to be done, maybe a contract extension, your thoughts overall on Matt Campbell? 
Yeah, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of buzz coming out of Tallahassee mm-hmm. and Fayetteville, Arkansas, with, yep. with those, those two programs uh, seemingly wanting uh, Matt Campbell. I would expect some sort of contract extension within the next week, hmm. um, just to kind of quiet some of those rumors. It would uh, it would not surprise me at all if something like that. Um, I haven't necessarily heard any talks. I know Matt Campbell always likes to wait until after the regular season, and I know there will be some recruiting. Obviously, that that happens this week too, as coaches going out to see kids. But um, I, I think um, you know it's probably something that you could look for. But I haven't heard anything definitive. Just kind of. Um, uh, you know, a guess or, or a feeling. Two years ago, where did you stay in Memphis, and will you be back at the same hotel <laughs> this year? I, I had a good time at, at that hotel. It was nice and close to downtown, walkable to different things. Um, I, I, it was, uh, I can't remember what the name of it was. It was not too far from um, the Pyramid, the Bass Pro Shops uh, up that way. So, uh, yeah, if, if, if I'm back there, uh, I'll be there again. Do you think you will be, Dylan? I mean, all kidding aside, it seems like Memphis is clearly in play. Yeah, uh, it, a lot of it, I think, um, if Baylor can get a New Year's Six game, I think they can get out of Memphis. But if Baylor um, maybe goes to the Alamo Bowl, then you get Texas possibly in the camping world, Oklahoma State in the, in the Texas Bowl, and then you're looking at Iowa State or Kansas State in the in the Liberty Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I depending on maybe how the Big 12 title game shakes out and, and what uh, some of the college football rankings uh, indicate, um, you know, it's it's you could be as high as the camping world or, or go to Liberty or, or choose a bowl even, um, depending on some of the selections. So, yeah, that camping... Uh, yeah. I was going to say yeah. that Camping World Bowl, if they, if, they, if they have a chance, they being the uh, the committee, they have a chance for Notre Dame, Texas. I mean, no offense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how do you not take that, right? Well, yeah, you're not going to pass that up. And, and kind of the same with the Alamo Bowl. I know, um, you know, people are saying Texas 7 and 5, they're, you know, getting rid of their whole staff, basically. Yeah. It's a disappointing year and all that. But still, you're going to get, um, uh, I mean, the, the Alamo Bowl isn't going to pass up Texas, in right. my opinion. I think you still, it's kind of the same principle as the camping world, where you'll get a, a matchup against a highly ranked Pac 12 team. And, um, you know, Austin is, you know, a, a stone throw away from San Antonio. So I think. Um, Texas, despite the kind of year and the, and the conversation around them, they're still going to wind up in, in one of those games. Dylan Watts from the Ames Tribune. Dylan, thank you. We'll talk to you later on in the week. Appreciate it. Now, do you have any football media availabilities this week, or did they uh, shut things down for a week? Uh, there's nothing planned for this week, so I believe the next time we'll get anything is, is on Sunday during um, both elections. Great stuff. Thank you, Dylan. Yep, thanks, guys. Take Appreciate care. it. Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune. AmesTrib.com is where you can read Dylan and company. We'll take a time out. Come back and finish the hour. Busy 11 o'clock hour. Miller and Condon. Trent and I are with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 1460. At Hope. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO with you until noon. Busy, busy, busy hour uh, coming up here on the program. You know, we are about to uh, segue into a lot of our basketball guests. Boy, yes. You know, I was sneaking a little peek ahead, trying to soften the blow of football being over. I know you're disappointed. I know you're sad. I am sad. I, I hate I hate and love this time of year. Uh, but but uh, well, this is going to be a fun month, is it not? No it doubt. It really is. Yeah. If Iowa State, I think we both felt was 
good enough to be a tournament team. Yes, and I still do. And nothing's changed there. Correct. Not for me, anyways. A tick better than awful. Trent, I was encouraged by what I saw in Las Vegas. Will this team... Will they have a chance going into, say, the last two, three weeks of the season? Maybe it's... You know, they got to win five of their last six or something like that. But can they at least do that? Fingers crossed. Keep their head above water. Fingers crossed. I think so. I do. I'm with you. Um, we got Scotty in studio. We can talk wrestling. Did you see the Hawks last night? I just saw on Twitter. They clubbed the Badgers. Maybe a national championship back. So so Penn State's down? Is that what you're saying? Or Penn State's, uh, Penn State's I, I was stacked. Are they really? I was stacked. They're building for this season. I know Spencer Lee is getting ready for... The Olympic trials, mm-hmm. that's going to take away a little bit. He's still going to wrestle. This is an Olympic year. Yes. I forgot all about that. Japan, Tokyo coming up. What, August? August, I yeah. think, probably. Late July, early August, right in that range. Can they, can they move them to June? <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes we get the World Cup. That yeah, helps in June. No, no, it does. It does. It's, you know, but yeah, August I get like. move it up just a little bit more because so, we're getting into football mode at Indeed that point. Indeed we are. But, you know, back to Iowa, and bas- Iowa basketball. Uh, Trent, I didn't have... I had zero expectations going to right. Las Vegas, and, and watching the watching them play. Yeah, they played hard. They did absolutely. They played some defense. You know, even in the second half, the kid went off. What Malachi? Yeah, Malachi. Yeah, he went off, but yeah, it, it was wasn't. Good. There's so many times we've seen Iowa teams under McCaffrey where it's just you know, wide open shot mm-hmm. after wide open shot. They were defending. Mm-hmm. It was just better. I mean, he's making shots. That that's going to happen. Like Twenty two of his twenty eight or some stupid thing. Like he was that. ridiculously good. It's a good San Diego State team, too. Yeah, they are. Now, see, here's what I missed, and apparently I don't think the television... Did McCaffrey and the San Diego State coach get a little heated, or McCaffrey got a little heated? Yeah. Because they came back from a break and kind of and mentioned the fact that some of Fran's assistants had to hold him back, and then I... I, they didn't show anything, and I didn't see anything after the fact. Did you see anything? I, I saw something. I think it was Mark Emmert. The he was the only beat guy that was out yeah, there. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Had something on Twitter that Did he? just about that. But overall, it, my favorite part about this Iowa team right now is they got tough guys. How many times have we seen Iowa basketball players, Iowa basketball teams, where maybe they just didn't have that same toughness that you want? Well, they had Woodbury, and they've got Pemsel, and they've got Connor McCaffrey, who fills that role and really well. Connor McCaffrey does. had a really good weekend, I he thought, did. Trent. And we say it all the time. If it was Connor Schlobodian or Connor Danklewich or Connor Smith or whatever, we're looking at this guy differently, There's no right? Doubt. There's no doubt. C.J. Frederick's not scared of the big moment. I like this kid. I like this kid a lot. They're going to yeah. fight. Yeah, absolutely are. Now, Bohannon still going to be shut down. going to shut it down He looked so State. different that second night compared yeah. to the first night against Texas right. Tech. Right. Really good against Texas Tech, but coming back back-to-back nights, you could really tell the difference. Because when did he score his first points? Like late oh. in the basketball game, yeah. he finally hit a three. Uh, but yeah, I was encouraged. I look, I'm encouraged by both of them. I like what we've seen so far. Yeah, they had no answer for Flynn. Malachi Flynn, 22 of his 28 or whatever in the second... 20 minutes. He was they were up 16, I was, in the basketball game at one point. So it wasn't all seashells and balloons. Miller and Condon take you until noon. Thanks for being with us. Busy 11 o'clock hour coming up next on Des Moines Sports Station, 